My name is Mike. I'm the associate pastor here at Next Level Church. Our lead pastor, Matt, every year he, um, he goes up over Memorial Day to the Indy 500, which is pretty awesome. So he's there right now, he and his wife and one of his kids. Um, every year his dad has tickets, so they're up there at the Indy 500. Um, but today, so I'm going to be here today speaking to you guys, hanging out. We're in week four of the series called Mar- or Overloaded. And it's talking a lot about our lives being overloaded. The first week was, Matt talked about being unnecessarily complicated and how sometimes our lives just get so complicated with things that are so not necessary and how sometimes we have to simplify our life. Two weeks ago, Scott talked about the idea of margin and how so many times in our lives we can get to the very line and just sort of try to live life to the limit and how we put margin in our life so that we're not so overloaded. Last week, Matt talked about wisdom and how, the important, how important it is to have wisdom in our lives um, in order to stay from being overloaded. And then today, I'm actually going to stay on, stay on the idea of wisdom because last week, Matt took the 30,000 feet view. And today, I'm going to take kind of the more zoomed in, uh, let's apply it to our lives and talk about it. Um, and the reason why I think it's important to talk about two weeks in a row is because I make a lot of stupid decisions. Um, and I do a lot of stupid things, and I'm like, we need to talk about wisdom multiple weeks in a row, because if you're like me, you do some pretty dumb stuff. One of the dumb things, um, one of the stupid things I did a few years ago, I lived at a camp with some friends, and I had a friend outside, and we had this little handheld BB gun, and the BB gun wouldn't work, and it's trying to make it work, so I go out there thinking, I'm going to help them figure out how to make this BB gun work, and I know how to fix a BB gun, kind of like I know how to fix a computer. If you hit it on its side, and you hit it around, it doesn't work, that's all I got. If your computer doesn't work, my question is, have you hit it? And if you hit it, then it doesn't work. I don't know what to tell you. Same with the BB gun. So I'm hitting the BB gun and trying to get this thing to work, and I have a friend, kind of who's an antagonist a little bit, standing inside, and he was standing inside, and there was about an eight-foot-tall piece of, or window, it was a window, eight-foot-tall window, and it was about that wide, and it was two panes of glass in the window. So he's inside, basically calling us, hey, you guys are stupid, I can't believe you can't figure out the BB gun, and we just can't figure it out. Every time we fire, doesn't shoot. Every time we fire, it just doesn't shoot. And so he's making fun of us, so of course, what's the funny thing to do? You point the gun at him. And all of a sudden, I become this gun genius who fixes the gun, and I shoot it, and it, like, shatters the window. That was stupid. Um, <clears throat> another time, another time uh, uh, when my wife and I first got married, we, um, we were living on the beach, and we were jogging one day. And we're jogging on the sidewalk, and someone was turning left, and I thought, I'm good. I'm just going to keep running. And, of course, I'm, like, in my 20s still, so I still think I'm invincible. So I think he's going to see me, and I keep running. And my wife stops, he takes a left and hits me with his car. Um, that was stupid. So um, another time I was, I was biking and I was biking, I have these little bars that go like this, and there was this stationary Bob's Barricade road barrier. And I'm just, I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, what are you doing? I'm biking on the side of the road and I'm just piddling around, just not paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm just trying not to die because biking is very hard. So I'm, I'm sitting there trying not to die and I look up and there's a road barrier and I just smash into it, um, just broke my bike. It was just really humiliating. That was stupid. So um, one other time, one other stupid thing that I did, and, and again, I'm trying to tell you why I'm talking about wisdom so many weeks because wisdom is the op- or just like the opposite of stupidity. So I'm, I'm trying to build this for you to let you know this is why I think it's important to talk about wisdom so much. Um, I was when I was young in my in my teenage years. I was um, I was standing on our diving board, and you know how diving boards at local pools work? Is that everyone stands in a line, 
and then you stand at the top of the ladder, and then the person goes off the diving board, and then you get on the diving board, and you wait for that person to swim off to the side of the pool. Um, and so I get on the diving board. The guy in front of me jumps. I get on the diving board, and I kind of get on the edge, and I'm looking down, and he's not moving. And I'm thinking, come on. You know, of course, you know, I'm like, I got to jump on the diving board here. This is my moment. Everybody's watching me. And this jerk is just sitting in the water. He's not going to the side. He's enjoying his moment a little too long, taking it away from me. Um, and then and the lifeguard jumped in. And he was drowning. So, um, <laughs> selfish. Um, <laughs> so, that was stupid. Um, and And... And the truth is, we all have things, obviously, in our lives. We could all tell stories about times when we did something that was stupid or when we did something that was just meant, like, you just kind of look and go, man, that was kind of weird. Um, and, and some of us, some of those were, like, non-serious things. But all of us have times when we make some serious, stupid, or bad decisions. And the difference between the non-serious and the serious is all the non-serious, you look back and you kind of laugh at it. But all the serious bad decisions or stupid, stupid decisions that you make, you look back and you have regret. Like one of those for me, and this isn't my biggest regret because I honestly just wouldn't tell this big of a group of people my biggest regret ever because then you got to all leave and it'd be weird and you wouldn't let me finish the message. But one of, my, uh, one, of my, one of a big regret for me is when I look back to the time when I was single, like I remember I, I lived with a roommate. My, my, my rent was like $125 a month. It was crazy. I don't know how it worked out, but it was a great deal. And it was like I, I didn't have any car payments. I didn't have credit card debt. I just was living at this place where, where according to what I was making at the time, it seemed like I should have been saving money like crazy, and I should have been giving money away like crazy. But I was living it all the way to the limit, and I look back on that stage of my life and I think to myself, man, how could I have been so stupid? I mean, I should have walked into our marriage, my marriage with Leanne, I should have walked into that with just multiple thousands of dollars saved. It didn't happen that way. And I look back on that with regret. And the thing about regret is we all have them. And if we were to, and we're not going to do this because this would make a weird church service, if we were to take a microphone in the crowd and go, hey, tell me your greatest regret ever, we would all be able to tell a story. And most likely, if we all thought about our regrets and talked to the people around us about our regrets, they would go in one of three categories. They'd either, we would either, as we told our stories, we'd probably talk about a time issue, we'd talk about a money issue, we'd talk about a morals issue. We would say some stories like this. Some of us would say this story. I have kids who were like in college. And I wish I would have spent more time with them when they were young. And I thought it was so important to go off to work and work and work and do my job and do my job and do all of that. But now my kids are older. And how, how could I have been so stupid? I should have been hanging out with them. I miss some of the best years of their life and the years of my life thinking I had to go out and pursue a career that now doesn't even matter. For some of us with money, we would say something, we might tell the story about an investment we made, that someone promised us, get rich quick, and we thought, yes, this is going to be great, and we sunk a lot of money into something that didn't work out. Some of us, especially now in this economy, would tell stories about, I bought a house, and there was a balloon loan, but I thought I'd sell it at the end, then the market just completely crashed, and now I'm, I'm stuck with a house payment I can't afford. Some of us are going into foreclosure, and we would go, man, I just wish... I would have done something different. How stupid. Looking back, it just seems like, how stupid could I have been? 
Some of us, from morals, if we, some of us would tell the story of an affair. And it just ruined our marriage. Some of us would tell about an inappropriate relationship, a dating relationship, where we went too far. And we look back and we think, man, some of you have teenagers, and the story that you have to tell your teenagers about your past, you look back and think, I wish it could be different. I wish it could be different. Now, the thing, the thing about these regrets and the things about our regrets that we have is that leading up to your regret, you don't, you don't lead up to, we don't lead up to our regrets making wrong decisions. I mean, looking back, it seems like they were wrong decisions, but we don't necessarily go into it thinking, I am going down the wrong path. This is awesome. I mean, we go down it not thinking that, and here's the question. I would guess here's the question that we use. Is it wrong? Is it wrong? And that's the question that we filter our behavior. It's kind of like this. Let me give you an example. Is it wrong to have lunch one-on-one with a woman in your office? No, it's not wrong. You both have to eat. And in and of itself, it is not wrong for you to have lunch with her. Is it wrong to ride in a car alone with her? No, there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you're being green. You're doing, you know, you're saving the economy. In and of itself, it's not wrong. Is it wrong to send text messages and not show anybody else text messages? No, in and of itself, it's not wrong. I don't show my wife every text message I get from guy or girl. I mean, it's not wrong to do that. Is it wrong to just work late on a project with her and stay after everyone's left and work in the same office? No, it's not wrong. Work's got to get done. Is it wrong to go to drinks after work? No, you guys are just hanging out after work. In and of itself, those things aren't wrong. But they lead us towards the decisions where we have the greatest regrets. And those things, and we filter, is it wrong? It leads us towards the thing that now we look back and we go, I wish it could have been different. And what if the question, is it wrong, is the wrong question? What if the question that we filter our decisions by is wrong? What if the question that drives us towards making financial, business, personal, moral, money decisions, all of those all of those decisions that we make in our world. What if that question's wrong? What if the better question, instead of is it wrong, what if the better question is, is it wise? Is it wise? And these are two distinctly different questions. Because the road that leads us towards our greatest regret is not paved with wrong decisions, but it is paved with unwise decisions. And if we were filter to filter our decisions, not by the question, is it wrong, but is it wise, we would end at some completely different places. And when we ask that question, we live a life of wisdom. Paul, in the book of Ephesians, talks about this a little bit. In Ephesians chapter 5, um, the verses are going to be on the screen. You can, you can look there if you want to, but Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says this. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, be very careful how you live, just use wisdom. Nothing too complicated. It says, verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In other words, make the most of every opportunity in the way that you do that. Don't live as unwise, but live as wise. And when you live as wise, you can make the most of every opportunity. And then he says, because the days are evil. And what he means by this, by the days are evil, basically he means this. 2,000 years ago, things weren't a lot different than they are right now. 
is make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And by the days are evil, basically there are things in our culture and society that pull us towards our, the wrong decisions in our life. There are things, you know, it's kind of like when your marriage gets tough and things aren't going so well. Inevitably, there are people in our world, you don't have to put up with that. You don't have to deal with this. You're fine. You don't have to fight for your relationship. He shouldn't treat you that way. You don't deserve it. Just leave him. Just leave him. Um, and so he said, and so those things pull us towards bad and wrong decisions. And not only does our sort of society pull us in bad or wrong decisions, also our, we ourselves have this thing that sometimes can pull us in the wrong decisions. So he says, make the most of every opportunity. Live as wise people because the days are evil. And then verse 17, he says this, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, if we ask the question, now is it wrong, but is it wise? We will begin to understand what the Lord's will is. And for so many of us who just struggle with this and go, I just don't know what God wants from me. I'm just not sure what he wants, what his desire, what our next step is. And I got this business deal that's coming up. And the guy has this relationship I'm not sure what to do with. And I've got this life problem that I'm trying to figure out. Okay, if God is supposed to be intricately involved in our lives, how am I supposed to know what he wants for me? He says, you want to know how? Don't live as unwise, but live as wise. And when you do that, you begin to understand what God's will is for your life in, in specific situations. It's by asking the question, is it wise? Now, all, not only do we ask, is it wise? But the question has to be asked a little bit more, um, a little bit, ask it a little bit more specific and asking it this way. What is the wise choice for me? What is the wise choice for me? The reason why this question has to be asked, what is the wise choice for me, is because what is the, the wise choice for you may be very different than the wise choice for me. I'll give an example. If you're an alcoholic and you want to buy a soda, there's probably a really, it's probably unwise for you to walk into a liquor store to go buy a soda, right? I mean, we'd all probably agree on that. But for me, I was, when I was in high school, I was the kid who, I, I kind of wanted to like alcohol, like, I tried to, but man, I just have never liked the taste of it. I mean, I just, I've just never really been, it's, there's no, like, super spiritual thing about it. My taste buds just reject the taste. Beer just, like, it makes me want to just throw it out. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like the taste of it. So for me, is it unwise for me to walk into a liquor store to buy a soda? Not necessarily. For you it is, but for me it's not. So we have to ask the question, is it the wise choice for me? Because the wise choice for you may be different than the wise choice for me. It's the same as me smoking. I smoked for like nine years. And so now, and this is the weirdest thing in the world, I'm kind of into running. I'll be running on the side of the road, running on the sidewalk, and a car will drive by. And they'll be smoking in their car, and I'll think, wow, that's, that kind of smells good. It's like the weirdest thing. It's like, oh, what's going on? Hey. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you know, so for me... It would not be wise for me, and some people have said, hey, here, smoke a cigar. Honestly, it's not wise for me. I mean, I don't know if it's wise for anybody to smoke a cigar and, like, have that stuff put in you. I mean, you could argue that. But it's especially not wise for me because it could trigger something in my mind and trigger something in my heart that all of a sudden I pull towards that addiction and try to do that. But for you, 
It may not be unwise, I'm, the jury's out about smoking a cigar, but it may not be unwise for you to smoke a cigar. But for me, it's definitely unwise. But I can walk in a liquor store, and I can walk in a liquor store, and my heart doesn't start beating real fast. And my mind doesn't start going in a bunch of directions. In fact, all the smells make me want to get out there faster. So what's wise for you and what's wise for me is different. Now, there's a few ways for us to think about this and to ask this question to make it more specific so that we can figure out what the wise choice for me is. And what I'm calling them are three wisdom filters. Three filters for us to use as we ask this question, is this wise for me, to make it a little more specific so that we can ask this question and that we can begin understanding what God's will is for our lives. The first one is, in light of my past experiences, what is the the wise thing for me to do? In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of the way I was brought up, in in light of my family's tendencies, in light of where my family was, in light of the way if my, fam- my dad was an alcoholic, then that changes the way that I look at my life. In light of the way that I used to date people, probably changes the way that I interact with someone of the opposite sex. In light of my past experiences, my past successes, my past failures, all of that, what is the wise thing for me to do? Number two, in light of our current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing for me to do? In light of your current circumstances, what is the wise thing for me to do? Are you married? Do you have kids? What's your job like? Where are you at in your career? How much money do you have in the bank? I mean, all of these factors, according to where you are in your life right now, what are your bills? How high is your payment? What's your taxes? All of those things sort of play into this, according to your current circumstances, where you find yourself, what is the wise thing for you to do? And then the third one is, In light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? In five years, where do you want to be? In 10 years, what do you want your relationship with your son to look like? In 20 years, where do you want to be in your career? In five years, where do you want your marriage to be? Well, in light of all of that, your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for you to do? Now, let me tell you how this plays out for me. And I'll play out the scenarios according to my time, my money, um, and my morals. I'll tell you, tell you how this works. According to my time, when I was growing up, my dad wasn't around um, very much. My, my parents got divorced. He was around as much as he could be. But according to you know, the way it works out with divorce, the dad's just not around as much. Not as much as I wish he would have been. And so my current circumstances, I have a son right now. And he's 18 months old. My wife's like 17 weeks pregnant and 17 weeks in like two days. Last week I was telling someone, she's 13 weeks pregnant. And she's like, no, I'm 17 weeks pregnant. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so she's, she's 17 weeks pregnant. And so I have one kid, one son, one on the way. Um, and that's my current circumstance. Another, another current circumstance that's happening right now is that I'm kind of into this whole running, just trying to stay healthy sort of thing. So that's happening. My future hopes and dreams in 10 years, I want to get along with my son really well. In 20 years, I want to be really close to him. And in 30 years, I want us to be a really close family. So my future hopes and dreams for my son and for our family. In light of that. Now my future hopes and dreams for where I'm at physically, like on a health level, I want to be healthy. 10, 20, 30 years, I always want to be healthy. So in light of that, the wise thing for me that I've figured out, the wise thing, or I think the wise thing for me, it's not for all of us, but the wise thing for me is to wake up at 4.30 in the morning 
and to get up and go and work out so that I can be home by the time he wakes up. He wakes up at 7 o'clock. I leave the house about 8 or 8.30 in the morning. So I have an hour, hour and a half. I get home about 5.30 on most nights, and he's awake till 7.30. So I get about three hours with him. So according to what I want my future hopes and dreams my relationship with my son is, I've got to wake up really early so that I can work out when he's still sleeping before he wakes up instead of letting him wake me up and then lose an hour in the morning. So for me, it's not the wise thing. I'm not like, so everyone go wake up at 4.30 and then no one comes back next week. That'd be cool. Um, um, For my money, my past experience, I've just never really handled money very well. My current circumstance, I'm married and, and we are handling money well and we're trying to figure it out. Future hopes and dreams, we hope in the future we can save a lot, give a lot, save a lot, give a lot. That's kind of our two things. We want to save money, we want to give money away, we want to save money, we want to give money away. And so in light of that for us, we've said, hey, we want to live on a budget and we want to live real tight to the budget and we want to try to eliminate as much as we can extra. And we want to live real tight and try to figure out how we can do this. And in light of where we're at right now, we've just got to figure out, hey, we've got to make this happen and make this work for us. For morals, for me, and and my past experiences, listen, it was for me, I wasn't like a great person who dated a lot. Like it was like date one or date three, just don't let them all find out. That was kind of my thing. But now my current circumstances, I'm like ridiculously happily married I mean, my wife and I get along so well. She's my best friend. We have a lot of fun. And my future hopes and dreams is that in 10 years, we're still that way. I hope in 20 years, my wife and I are like best friends who just hang out and laugh together and talk together and are spending time together. So in light of my past experience, my current circumstance, and my future hopes and dreams, for me, the wise thing is make sure I have date night with my wife. It's also, I don't, I don't have meals alone with women. I don't ride in cars alone with women. I don't have ongoing, long counseling sessions with women. Matt and I actually have the, we kind of coined the phrase, never feel bad about being rude to temptation, which basically means don't feel bad about being rude to women. So for me, sometimes I'm like, sorry. Oh, I didn't call you back. It took me five days. My bad. So don't call me again. No, um, so... But, but for us, we just try to make sure we are set up in such a way so that uh, based on my past experience, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, I'm going to have a great marriage. And those things are what's going to make it, and those things are wise for me. So the question for all of us is, what is the wise thing to do? Now, I think a lot of us are in one of three places. Um, I, think, I think some of us <clears throat> are in the place where you've made a lot of bad decisions, and maybe not a ton of bad decisions, but you're looking back, and you have some regrets in your past, but even with your regrets in your past, you've not necessarily done anything to change. And let me just say this. If we never change what we do, we'll continue to get what we, we've gotten. And if, and if you're going, hey, I've got some regrets in the past, but I've never really done anything to change what I keep getting, I would just challenge you. The way to change it is change the filter. And to stop asking the question, is this wrong? And begin asking the question, is this wise? Is this wise for me? Some of you are currently on the line. And some of you have found yourself at this place where you're standing at the line and you're about to cross over. And you're about to make a decision that is so unwise that you're going to look back on this moment and you're going to regret. And the only thing I'd say to you is this. 
you ever believe something so strongly you just wish you could grab someone and shake them? That's kind of where I feel about this. Especially as it concerns like your marriage. Some of you right now, you're at a line and you're thinking about having an affair. And you're so close to the line, it's almost easier to just do it than get away from it. Because for me, I go, you're going to look back and you're going to think, I wish, I wish, I wish I would have never made this mistake. And I would just challenge you to fight, to take whatever strength you have and pry yourself away from the line and ask yourself, is this wise? Is it wise? Is it wise? But my marriage is all jacked up. That's fine. That's, that's a completely different issue. You've got to step away from the line. Some of you are at a place where you've just crossed the line. Or you've crossed the line pretty recently and you you feel pretty guilty right now. And you're going, I made a bad financial decision. I made a bad relational decision. All I can say to you is, you can't change the past, but you can change what happens in the future. And you can change that filter to get different results than you've been getting. If we ask the question, Based on my past experiences, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? And we change that filter, it changes where we're at. Now, the, the, the power in this is take, take your last, I like that, I say it's the power in this and the keyboard starts. Um, the, uh, um, the, the power in this think of, and this is going to be hard because this is a very painful thing to think of. Think of your greatest regret. The thing where you, I mean, you'd empty your bank account to go back to this moment and change it. Think, think of it. If you would have used this filter, if going up to your greatest regret, if you would say, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? If you were to use that filter, then you could have avoided the greatest regret in your life. And is it possible that all the regrets that are out here in the future, all the mistakes that are waiting for us to make, all the mistakes that we've not yet made, is it possible? That if we begin asking the question, based on my past experience, my current circumstance, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? And then as soon as you figure out what the wise thing is for you to do, and you follow that, is it possible that your greatest regrets can be avoided? Is it possible that the greatest regret that you ever can remember will be forever the greatest regret you ever have? Could it be possible that your greatest regret is not in front of you, but behind you? If you start asking the question based on my past experience, my current circumstance, my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? And the Bible says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And what a church could we be? What a, what a group of neighbors in the community could we be? If we started asking that question and using that filter, and if we all started walking according to what God's will is for our lives, and how would we impact, you know, there's some people I'm sure in your life, there are in my life, 
It's like, man, I've been trying to get them to come to the next level or trying to introduce Jesus and tell them my story and understand the gospel. I've been trying to get them to understand all of that. And it seems like it's so tough to do right now. But how, how much more potent would our message be if we started living lives of wisdom? How much more potent would it be? How much more potent would it be until they saw our lives for a year or two years and all of a sudden they start looking on going, you know what? You don't make nearly the amount of stupid decisions that I do. Tell me why that is. And all of a sudden we start impacting people and showing them a side to Jesus that they need to see. And then we begin to show our kids, hey, we're going to have great relationship with our kids, great relationship with our husbands, great relationship with our wives. We're going to make wise choices. We're going to move forward to see what God does. If we can change the filter, we begin to walk in the will of God for our lives. Let's pray. God, we want to know your will. God, we, we want to know your will like crazy. We, 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 we know, we know, we know that you have a better way. God, we're sick of making mistakes. God, as we think about our past regrets, we think about it with an element of pain involved. We don't want any more, God. We want to walk with wisdom. God, help us as we leave here that in light of our past experiences, our current circumstances, and our future hopes and dreams, help us, God, to make the wise choice. God, allow us to do that today and walk away here changed. In your name, amen.